My name is Chuck, and I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from lust. I have to say, having a wife who follows the Lord her God wholeheartedly has changed everything in my life, and I'm so grateful. Thank you, Chris. My view of sexuality was skewed during my formative years. I discovered pornography as a very young adolescent. Additionally, a neighborhood boy molested me on a regular basis. My definition of healthy sexuality was changed because of these factors. Sex became this shameful and secret thing to me. I would take my sexual feelings and retreat to a secret world where my fantasy life was alive and well. I didn't have to worry about rejection, nor did I have to feel ashamed over my sexual behavior. In 1980, I began a vocational career in ministry that would last 15 years. I was called to ministry at an early age, and it was a job that I adored. I was incredibly codependent and anxious, and my vocational choice fueled those struggles. I learned to be a secret keeper. Lust has been a problem for me all of my life. My thought life was a mess, and I never talked about it or shared that with anyone for fear that it might cost me my job which had become this incredible idol. I buried my issues where they continued to grow and fester. I began to act out in my lust issue by a continued involvement with pornography. My thinking was fragmented and compartmentalized. Secrecy empowers sin and causes us to live in darkness. Confession destroys that secrecy and allows the light to do what it does best, namely dispel the darkness so that we might live in full illumination and freedom. Unfortunately, I did not learn that lesson soon enough. In 1995, while a youth minister, I became intimately involved with a 15-year-old girl in my youth group. I knew the boundary issues involved in inappropriate relationships with students, and I crossed every one of them. My actions were sinful unethical, and illegal. I was arrested in Las Vegas, Nevada for my crime. It was there that I gained nationwide notoriety and brought reproach on Christ as my crime was featured on two television shows, America's Most Wanted and Oprah. Following a 10-day trial that had been covered by both the local and the national news, I was convicted of sexual assault of a minor sentenced to 10 years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, and given a $10,000 fine. I knew that I was guilty of the offense for which I was charged. I knew that I had sinned and hurt many people by my actions. Like David of old, I could feel my bones rot away under the weight of that which I had done. Yet there was no repentance for my sin or the hurt that I had caused. With me as a prisoner... The victim of my crime and I married in June 1997. There was no ownership of my sinful actions. In May of 2000, she came to the prison unit where I was housed, and she told me that she was leaving me. Little did I know that my journey of healing was just beginning. I picked up my Bible, and I turned to Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your, under, on your own understanding. And I remember saying out loud, are you kidding me? 
I was reminded of a conversation I had when I was first locked up. In the first days of my incarceration, an old trustee in the jail was serving breakfast. He looked at me and he asked, what's wrong with you? I told him, I've ruined my life. Look at me. I used to be a preacher and here I am in a place like this. And he said these words to me that I didn't fully understand until years later. He said, son, God don't have no use to be preachers. Sometimes he will stop you dead in your tracks before you completely destroy your life and put you in a place where he can break you all the way down. And when you're good and broken up, then he can use you in ways that he never could before. Because my God uses broken things. For the first time, I began to understand the words of that trustee. Pain is this primary motivator, and in my pain, I came running back to God. God used this confinement to start the change process in my life. God loved me, and God pursued me in spite of my sin. I've always known the rules associated with Christian living. As a rule follower, I became this Pharisee that never had a real relationship with Jesus. I focused on all the externals, but even as a minister of 15 years, had never truly trusted God with my heart. But as the Hebrew writer reminds us, we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I finally came to grips with my sin and began to experience God's matchless grace. I began this ongoing recovery process of owning my sin, confessing it and repenting of it, and learning how to truly abide in Christ. I started the painstaking process of making amends as best I could to those that I had hurt so deeply. At long last, I admitted my powerlessness, and I began to believe that God could change and would change everything. I wanted others to find the freedom that I was finding. During the months following my release, I formed a business plan and began a nonprofit corporation called Ministries 101 that created Christ-centered communities behind prison walls. In 2012, my business partner and I began Grace Place Properties, a transitional community in Duncanville, Texas, for men and women coming out of prison environments and drug and alcohol treatment centers as a continuation of the ministry that we had begun in prison. God had changed my heart. And by the grace of God, I was allowed to go back into ministry in a church. In 2014, as the lead minister of a church in Dallas, I was introduced to regeneration. And I felt the only way to establish regeneration in the church was to go through regeneration personally. So my wife, Chris, and I became Regen participants. In Regen, I learned to pursue God purposefully, not perfectly. The 12 steps in regeneration both called me and pushed me to live life very differently. Step nine amends was pivotal in my healing. I intentionally engaged in the amends process with the woman that was hurt the most by my sin and selfish behavior. I met the victim of my crime in a Starbucks in Waxahachie as I went through the process of making my amends to her. Her husband and my adopted mom sat outside that coffee shop for nearly five hours as we engaged in that conversation. 
2016 was a year where my wife and I had to abide in Christ more intentionally than ever before. I resigned from my role as lead minister of the church that I had served. The wreckage of my past combined with my desire to live authentically and transparently made it too difficult to continue in that role. However, I was blessed to to serve that church as the ministry leader for regeneration from 2017 to 2019. My wife, Chris, and I placed membership at Watermark in 2017, where both our community group and the regeneration groups that we lead called us to live accountably and authentically. These things were both valued and encouraged. It allowed us to grow in intimacy with each other as well as intimacy with our Heavenly Father. Today, I have the unique opportunity to coach churches as they begin their regen ministry, as well as serve as the ministry leader of a church in Duncanville that is beginning a regen ministry. But my greatest joy is to weekly serve here on Monday nights as a step group leader with my co-leader, Russ Robertson, as we shepherd this group of awesome men seeing God transform their lives right before our eyes. 2 Corinthians 5.17 started to truly define my life. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. My life has been this series of choices, and some of those choices were so sinful that it allowed Satan to do what Satan does best, kill steal, and destroy, but God. Two words that are so easy to say, but so profound, and it lets me choose differently. I choose love over hatred and bitterness. I choose peace rather than the bondage that unforgiveness brings. I choose patience, which allows me to overlook the inconveniences of this world. I choose kindness over unkindness because that's how God treats me daily. I choose gratefulness over selfishness. I choose living in the light as opposed to dying in secrecy. I choose God's truth and what God says about me over the enemy's deceit. True freedom is the ability to choose your master. And I choose to be the bondservant of the Most High. And his name is Jesus. And he is the King of Kings. And he is the Lord of Lords. And at his, knee, at his name, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I know and I choose that I must decrease so that he might increase. And I choose to use every breath I have left to make him famous. My name is Chuck. I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from lust. All glory goes to our great God who through his boundless love and kindness pursued me in the depth of my rebellion and reminds me daily that God has the final word on my life. And that word is grace. Thanks for letting me share.